0: Packages by Expedia You were made to be rechargeable We were made to package flights, hotels and hammocks for less Expedia Made to travel Do the job you want to do, and not the job you want to tell people you do. And that question, such good advice. It's great advice, and it really like threw me for a loop because I realized, and have been constantly realizing since, how often I will go to like privilege a job or privilege a career, and like I talk to people all the time to do this without realizing it because. I think it will, like, sound prestigious and it will be fun to, like, brag to people about it. And when you really think about, like, what's the job that's going to make me happy while I am doing it? Those eight hours a day are going to feel fulfilling. It's like it's often a really different job or a really different career, and it can be hard. David Axelrod
1: has put that advice in a slightly different way that Mm. I always think about, which is think about what you want to do. Don't think about what you want to be. Uh, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Because yeah, the B right, takes you similar. to a place where it's like perception and what right. you're telling people and stuff like that. What you do is 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 what drives you. What is the identity that I want to have versus, yeah. yeah. Welcome to Offline. Hey, Max. Hey, buddy. Welcome back. Oof. We are both back from
0: vacation. We are. Tanned, rested, and ready to,
1: to pod. And I'm still fighting off a little jet lag. Oh, no. Uh, so we figured we'd answer some of your questions this week. Mm-hmm. You guys sent some great questions. Thank you to everyone who sent questions. The first up, we have some offline challenge related questions. Mm. Remember the offline challenge?
0: Should we remind people about? Yeah. So uh, we were both horribly addicted to our smartphone, spending like four to five to six hours a day on our phones. And so spent like a month or two going through every week, trying different little hacks, tricks, apps to break our addiction to our smartphone and try to
1: like take our brains back. That's right. That's a good that's a good description as any. So Bubbles Becky asks, Did you guys regress on your offline habits and did Max ever learn his way around LA? Mainly Morgan asked, Screen time updates? Would love to know if and how you've kept it up. And Lauren Detweiler said uh, asked, did John get a phone while he was in Morocco or did he take a phone break and just use Wi-Fi? Lauren, I really appreciate <laughs> no, your it's a confidence lot of in me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I, I'll, I definitely had my phone the entire time in Morocco. I was in Morocco for a wedding for... Those of you who don't follow me on social media, <laughs> I have to
0: say I am actually glad that we are talking about this now. When we both came back from vacation, I did not expect how hard it was going to be to stick to being rigorous about my smartphone on vacation. But it's really tough. Uh, I found it to be tough.
1: I blew it because <laughs> 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 I oh, just no. looked at my screen. And it's fucking horrifying. Okay, let's all right. Hear so it. here's here's how it went. Here's how it went for me. I'm just gonna, first. I'm going to. Break out like my vacation, and because yeah, there was different numbers, there were different times where I was better or worse on stuff. So uh, I was in Maine for about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but
0: crucially, the week and a half overlapping with the Republican Correct. debate, Correct. in Correct. which
1: you were, I would say, extremely online. Yes, I was. And so uh, Emily's parents live in Maine, uh, this place called Bitterford Pool, and so we were there for a week and a half. And then my parents came, so it was just like a lot of family time lot of uh hanging with Charlie it was like fantastic it was beautiful weather but that first week mm-hmm. like you said it was the republican debate and i said to everyone here before i left that i would join the discord to do that partly because Dan and Tommy could not do the discord because they were getting ready to sh- record the show oh, sure. that night yeah. and love it was like off offline love it just like a real vacation um what is that like <laughs> i know so up until the debate i was on social media like very plugged in Watched the debates. Emily and I ended up watching the debates in bed and then watched um, the Tucker uh, Trump interview after the debates. Back to back. Uh, Like it was
0: shitty Republican discourse. And at
1: that point, it was midnight East Coast time. (laughs) I'm like, what a what a romantic night just sitting in bed watching Tucker and Donald Trump. What a vacation. Um, And so but then the next day I took Twitter off my phone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, I'm done with that. Okay. And then I was—I think that was from that point until I went to Morocco. I was really good. Mm-hmm. In Morocco, I was mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. but the 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 days that I traveled, the big travel days, not good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the so, travel days are tough.
0: So um, you're stressed. You got, you got you, the only thing in front of you is your phone. So
1: mm-hmm. if you look at this whole thing on my phone, the first actually the first week a yeah, vacation let's hear the numbers was the average was two hours and 42 minutes a day okay. which is not terrible okay. that was when I was like very online for sure. social a lot media of stuff sure and it just you know it it wasn't too bad oh I also set uh, I forgot I set app limits an hour for Twitter and an hour for Instagram. And did you and, observe them? Yeah, Pretty much, yeah, because okay. if you look at my okay. most used, it's really not, it's not in there. While I am
0: proud of you, an hour per day on each of those apps is so much time. It goes by fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Weird. Which, the, I don't, I don't which sleep the Charles
1: Barkley ad, I am not a role model. <laughs> <laughs> I usually, and I usually hit both of them like when I wake up in the morning because I'm up before anyone. You are, you are Even up before literally anybody. Even on the East Coast, anybody. East Coast. I Four thirty in the morning, Why do you do and this? I drove to the Dunkin' Donuts in Saco, Maine, <laughs> by myself at five in the morning. So, I could, and then I saw the sunset when I, the sunrise when I came back, and it was beautiful. Did you
0: know that <laughs> one of the big advances in technology? Okay, seeing the sunset on your way back. Wow, the big advance <laughs> in technology is that you can now make coffee
1: at home. I, it's not the same. I don't do it as well. And I brought Dunkin' Donuts too, but it's just not the same as going.
0: Okay, all right.
1: And I got to bring Charlie Munchkins back, which he was very excited. That's about. That's
0: fun. That's a, what's his favorite kind.
1: His favorite kind is the glazed, just like plain glazed. Yeah, that's the classic. And like some yeah, powdered yeah, Really good. Too. So Thursday, August thirty first. This I know. This is the day that we traveled. To Morocco, this is also Tommy's birthday. We were all like, joking about him spending the day in the Delta Lounge. Right. Um, <laughs> eight hours and 53 minutes that Come day. Come
0: on, how is that possible? On your phone?
1: <laughs> yes. How? But. What were you doing? Here's Twitter. You only have one life to live, man. 42 minutes on Twitter. So what were you, what were you spending the time on? I was, this is why it's not as bad. I was texting everyone. Okay. Okay. We were all texting. We were all trying that's to keep in better, touch with each other. That's
0: the the methadone of Twitter addiction is the group text.
1: It's a group text. And then also, um, Emily did not end up going to Morocco at the last minute because mm-hmm. she's five and a half months pregnant and was like, and she's like laying out all her outfits for the wedding. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, she's like, yeah. I don't think I can spend four nights in the desert. Like, I think this is, I, it's... I I don't think, and Charlie, starting, Charlie started preschool on Wednesday. Uh, she's, like, okay. like, yeah, she's like, and then we're going to like, for him it's tough and we're leaving him here with We're really going to be in Maine with my parents and her parents. Right. She's like, I just, I don't think I can do it. And I totally understood. And I'm, I'm glad she, she didn't. Having, having gone, I'm glad she didn't go. Really? <laughs> it, was, just, it was exhausting. It was not the debauch, it just like the time zones and you're in a, you know, it was a lot. But so we had a text chain that she asked to be kept on. Okay. Of, just to, like, of, to stay up on Of what's the V tours yeah. and a couple of our other friends. Friends, couples. Right. And so w- there was a lot of texting. Right. So that's what. And then I. So then the rest of the days weren't too bad, except then my travel day back, which was Tuesday the 5th. 17 hours. No, that's not possible. That but you,
0: that's 17 hours. How did you do that? Five,
1: five something. Most of it was Spotify. What were you? What can we what do? Can I was on the plane. On? So I was I was like listening on the plane to all these different podcasts. Oh, and
0: then just had the screen up the whole time.
1: You know why? Why? I know why this happened. <laughs> you know your phone locks automatic like the screen locks automatically. Sure. I gave a toast at the wedding, uh-huh. and I was very worried oh, that, I've the, done that, before. that the screen that I'd, ha- I'd lock, I'd lose my place, right. and right. so I turned off screen lock before the wedding, but I never turned it back on. Man. So this is sort of a technicality. And the Chinese hackers are going to get you like no well, problem. I, I know I turned it back on when okay. I got home, okay. but that was not it was so that's it. Really isn't as bad as it seems at first. Should and hope I, not. But I think that crucially, okay, the I stuck to the Twitter and Instagram. Time limits. Well, so how are you feeling? This is wh- what it's all yeah.
0: about is just like, are you feeling more connected to the outside world? Do you feel like you have more control over your time?
1: Yes. Well, that was what I, my very long story about this, and all, sorry for all the explanations. But what, 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 what I realized is because I was also alone in Morocco, alone in our hotel room that like I thought, sure, in yeah, yeah. and, but this, the, the person who got married is my best childhood friend from home. Hmm. And, He's also, went to. we went to college together. Mm-hmm. We, were in, we were in D.C. together, L.A. together. So as much as it was his wedding was like everyone I knew from my life. That's nice. And yeah. who I hadn't seen in a while. So mm-hmm. I got to like, well, I was texting and hanging out with my high school friends. I was meeting them, my college friends. But, so it was just like, sure. I felt extremely connected to everyone. Okay. And know, I also feel think like the your phone, phone was pulling you away. No, the from... phone helped me. Okay. Like okay. meet them places and okay. and so I'm gonna meet yeah. you here. I'm gonna meet you there, and then like talk about the experiences we just had. Mm-hmm. And there was like a group WhatsApp chain of everyone in the entire wedding that was like going back and forth and talking about the wedding and who, sharing pictures. Who had
0: the best bits and jokes on the on
1: the WhatsApp wedding text thread? Because it's uh, high
0: risk, high reward.
1: I. <laughs> You know, I'm a, I am th- I I think I did some pretty good things okay, on there. Okay, okay. I think I did. Good. Yeah, you got some was, good thumbs
0: up emoji some good responses. Up, good, some, good, some, nice.
1: good crying laughing yeah. emojis.
0: I always try to hit, I want to get one comment that's going to get a lot of thumbs up and then just out. Just Costanza out. Don't risk it. Go out on a high <laughs> note. Everybody remembers the one joke that was good.
1: Yeah, that's a, well, and also like the, the bride side, a lot of like f- super smart, funny people on her side. Okay. So that's it was nice. real, it was competitive. I will okay. say it was competitive. I love that. Yeah, which we like. All right, tell me about your vacation. Tell me about your phone time.
0: So uh, my um, average per week down from four and a half hours per week before we started the challenge and then at the like culmination of the challenge I was down to like 90 minutes a week which felt amazing I'm back up now to between about two hours and two and a half hours a week I've been kind of following it for a while which is like better but I still feel like I'm backsliding the one thing that I have kept Mm -hmm. from the challenges is grayscale on my phone I like really cannot recommend this enough if you do one thing if you make one change to your phone put it on grayscale you will spend so much less time on it it's so effective
1: it it makes it really boring
0: it makes it it's great Yeah, it's perfect. It's also a nice conversation starter. Like people see your phone and they're like, Why is your phone in black and white? And then you get to be really smug and superior about being off of your phone, which is really good.
1: It's tough just with it's with tough with the pictures, because I'm just like i have yeah. a kid and yeah. i like especially when i was gone from charlie i wanted to like look at pictures of him and emily right. was sending me pictures and that it, grayscale's tough for that
0: so that was one of so i i've been backsliding a little bit spending more time on twitter than i want to but i'm at least not posting but i'm reading it more than i want to i'm going to try to deal with that i'm still off TikTok, tock 100 i haven't opened it in like six months the backsliding i did during the vacation where I added another hour up to like three and a half, which I feel bad about because I like I wanted to, you know, be on my vacation. I could feel myself spending more time on my phone than I wanted to. Um, I turned color on because I was it was in Montana. I was a glacier, which is beautiful. And I wanted to take pictures of it. And then I was just like tired and like giving myself like a little treat and being like, you know what, you can see you're on vacation, spend more time on your phone. It's fine. And the thing that I am remembering is that if you backslide for even a week, which I did, and I was like, could excuse it because I was on this trip. I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm like, tired. I'm back at the hotel, is that I'm still feeling the effects like a hangover, like a week later. Like I tried to watch this like French film that I've been wanting to watch forever um, a couple nights ago, and it was really good, but I could feel my attention span like really drifting. I deposit like forty like every 45 minutes to look at my phone for a few minutes just because I had this one week off. And it is really reminding me that like, there's no permanent fix, yeah. that I'm just gonna be fighting phone addiction forever. And I- I'm glad I'm doing it because it's absolutely worth it. But it's like, I don't know if there comes a moment where it's just like gone out of your life.
1: I don't think there is. I mean, that was sort of my uh, the a conclusion I came to over the, over the break because it's just, it's such a part of our lives. Mm-hmm that all you can do is, I think, try to, I, mean, I think about what um, Catherine Price talked to us about, which is like, it's not, ne- how she doesn't do necessarily like hours of screen time, but like how you use the phone. And I, ca- and I know at the time it seemed like, oh, maybe that's an excuse, you know? But I do think there is something different about connecting with people in your life with your phone versus scrolling on Twitter. Yeah, Which, honestly, like I've been much better at and I did not miss.
0: Yeah, I have, we've talked about this, I have shifted a lot of time on my phone from Twitter, Instagram, things that make you feel like you're socially connected, absolutely do not, to the group chat, and it's just, it's a way better. It's way better. Okay, should we move on to? Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, so this is for you, uh, from Jenna, how are you, and this is a really hard one, how are you anticipating navigating social media phones, et cetera, with Charlie and with, Baby F, which is yeah. your forthcoming child's name, as they get older. <laughs> I have a 10 and 13-year-old and neither have phones. Even the 10-year-old is becoming an outlier in this. As most of the kids in that age group now have phones, I've seen even six, seven, eight-year-olds walking around with them.
1: Terrifying. Jenna, thank you for this question. Yeah. And thank you for painting a nightmare vision of the <laughs> future. <laughs> baby F's future. I, uh, baby F's future. I honestly hadn't thought... I was, I've been trying to get through like screen time, TV time mm-hmm. at this age. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really thought about until you asked that question, Jenna. I hadn't thought about phones in the, f- like when it becomes phone time and I actually haven't talked with Emily yet about this. So it's, I'm sure she'd appreciate mm-hmm. this is a great way to start the discussion on a public podcast. <laughs> how to find her, out, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, that's life
0: married to a podcaster, baby. You
1: signed up for this. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. Um, I think it's hard because, like, I don't. I wouldn't want him, either of my children, to be mm. complete outliers. And I think there's like such peer pressure yeah. that you don't want to ha- have the kid be the only kid at school who doesn't have a phone. Like, I don't. At I least for us, problems, I don't think too. that's yeah. that's tenable. I think it's like talking to your kids about the phones and and sort of like sitting with them and uh, you know maybe when Charlie's. At the right age, I'll talk to him about the offline challenge and what we did and all this, <laughs> a lot of the stuff we've talked about. Like, I, I sort of yeah. planned to do that, you know? Okay. Okay. And I actually have found that so far, when he's watching TV, what I try to avoid is like, both of us, uh, Emily and I both try to avoid is like leaving Charlie alone with the screen oh, for too long. yeah. Because yeah. if we're with him and he's watching something, then I find that sometimes having a discussion about what he's watching right. can really be helpful. Yeah. And, you know- it's like a social I, activity he, too, instead of a like you and the screen. Right, and look, I grew up, I mean, we had no restrictions on television when we were kids, my brother and I. We watched a ton of television. would you watch? And, 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 and like everything from cartoons to- sure. The educational stuff on pbs yeah, yeah, you know remember yeah. all the uh, square one and all that okay uh, if anyone remembers if anyone's if anyone's old enough uh and it was educational. like i i learned a lot of my vocabulary from mm. the television and mm. now I, charlie ha- is like learning words and phrases and sentences and i'm like oh, i didn't he, he just started preschool wednesday like i didn't teach him that where'd he get mm. that and he got it from yeah. some educational television show okay. so like yeah. i think there's benefits of it and i think transferring that to the phone stuff is just going to be like what we were just talking about. We live in the world we live. The phones are going to be part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the key is to figure out how to best use the phone so that you can balance the benefits of connecting with people with all all the risks and dangers that we have talked about throughout the show.
0: It really... I don't have kids, but I'm planning to at some point. And this one really terrifies me because nobody has figured it out. This generation of adolescents now are the first ones to grow up with phone addiction. And the the stories that I hear from friends with kids that age are it's like they really can't pay attention to anything. Like they have no ability to focus because it's just like they have TikTok in front of them all the time. Obviously, the like way that social norms develop for kids when they're spending so much time online, especially through the pandemic, as it's like much meaner, much crueler. There's much more bullying. And I was talking to a friend of mine who works for a tech company, and they just did this like big survey of how kids are using tech now when they go to college. And something that had not occurred to me, but made a lot of sense when he was telling me about it is that a lot of kids now who go from high school to college, they don't make friends in college and they don't go out because it's so easy for uh. them to stay connected to their high school friends. And they he was talking to college professors where so they were like, yeah, the campus dies. Every night at 5 p.m. because everybody goes back to their dorm to socialize with their friends from high school because it's scary when you go to college yeah, and make no. friends for the first time. And imagine if you just didn't have to do it, didn't have to try. You would never develop that skill. And I like I feel like the next 10 years are just going to be this process of discovering all of these ways that it's going to be like really hard to grow up phone addicted.
1: That is wild because, and just thinking about the wedding I was at, uh, Josh and I went to college together and we were roommates when we got to college, my friend from high school. And then we were like 45 minutes from home Mm. at our college. And we did see some of our high school friends a lot. But it was, and it, because it was comfortable and like being, it wasn't until we were like really forced, to like go out in the world and make friends and have our own activities and stuff like that that we met like all of our college friends and if oh, if we had like phones at the time you never would have done it I, it would yeah. the, the, just the it would have been so much easier Right. You know, yeah. To yeah. Avoid yeah, that. yeah. So that is a real that is a challenge.
0: Yeah. That's why I when I have kids, we're moving to a survivalist compound in Montana. That's what I was doing out there. I was scoping out sites and we're it's going to be like that M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Village. We're all going to dress like it's the 19th century.
1: We're not going to tell them what's really going on. And you know what? It's going to rule. They're going to be so healthy. <laughs> I will say the, the happiest I was was when we were in Maine. There was just like because there's so much to do outside. Yeah, like Charlie mm-hmm. really took to that, mm-hmm. and we were like down on the beach looking for sea glass and yeah. like running around. And so there was much less screen time for all of us yeah. than when he's just home during the day because there was just so much to do. So mm-hmm. I do think the outdoors, I think is that's like true. Helpful yeah. there Yeah, being the active, well.
0: and I have found that one of the best ways for myself to break my phone addiction is to just go out in the world, go for hikes, go for bike rides. Yeah,
2: that's huge. and enjoy your edible <laughs> legal disclaimer paid for by vote save america, votesaveamerica.com not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee
1: reclaim your time now that you can listen to four weekly ads free episodes across pod save america and PodSave the world there's never been a better time to join crickets friend of the pod subscription community the marketing people say that listening ads free saves you up to two hours of ad listening each month. Imagine the possibilities. You know
0: what
2: you can do with two extra hours a week? You can listen, listen to, to two- more podcasts. Exactly. Uh,
1: two more episodes. That's yeah. two more episodes. Yeah. Get more stuff in your brain. Yeah. Get more stuff in that brain. We're stuffing content in there like, yeah, uh, like you're a fog gras. gras just- <laughs> <laughs> Become a member today. Go to slash friends now to learn more. Here's a question from KCAT16. Uh, what is the non social app you're most embarrassed about using regularly? And a somewhat related question from DeniseVine8 Left Twitter months ago, now too much time on PetFinder. Now we have three dogs. Help. <laughs> Denise. <laughs> Denise. <laughs> So, you know what? That is someone after my own heart. That the level I of know. addiction to the phone is so I know. great. Thank you. Adopting now, pets. Now you have a home full of animals because you're on Petfinder too much. Fantastic. It
0: made me. It made me think of um, early in the pandemic how much time I would spend opening up Wirecutter every single day, just looking for random bullshit to buy, just to have like an activity, <laughs> and like getting deeply knowledgeable about the best like air purifiers and like paper towels. I really, I applaud Denise, you caring for these animals, but based on the way... Way you have phrased your question, ending it with the word "help." I think maybe you ended up with more dogs than you wanted to. Um, And I would really urge you to consider number one, deleting the app, yeah, Uh, and number two, to go back to our friend Catherine Price and the advice that she gave to us: that if you are addicted to an app or to your phone, don't just think about the app; think about what need, emotional need, or like impulse you were trying to fill with that app and it'd like i'm not going to try to diagnose what's going on with denise (laughs) over over the microphone we're not we're not at that level of podcasting yet um but i would say think about what what you're looking to fill with dogs and maybe see if there's something else to fill it with
1: well that's a good segue to my answer to my non-social app that i'm most embarrassed about using which is um the weather channel app (laughs) <laughs> and here's the thing: <laughs> some of this is oh this, is, is, this very, is such an old guy, old guy answer. A, well, it's also very um, like context related because I mm-hmm. don't when I'm just when I'm in LA, mm-hmm. there's no weather to look there's at. There's not a lot of weather to look sure. at, and Can't. so I find, but I am a uh, you know I am a New Englander by birth, and you know uh, lived there for many years, yeah. and so yeah. there was a lot. And when I went back. And we were in Maine, and and part of the reason you know, we were there when we were is um, Emily's dad was turned 70. We had a big 70th birthday party for him, and, and Emily's mother-in-law and me are both, like, weather-obsessed people, and we were very <laughs> worried that it was going to rain. But, like, and so I was just checking it all the time, yeah. all the time, yeah. and I realized, why am I, okay, why am I checking mm. the weather app? I am checking the weather app because I want to have some sense of control yes. over what happens, mm-hmm. and I think if that, know. like, if I know that the weather is going to be bad, I guess we, I guess we could have like moved the party. You know, there was some conversation about moving the party indoors, but I was like, for some reason. I was checking it so many times a day, but like, that's not going to help. Like also, the weather's not going to change that much. The weather's not going to change that much. Like we, sh- the ideal thing would have been to look two days before, figure out if it's going to rain and then mm-hmm. have a backup plan, you know, some in- inside. That's it. That's all you need. You don't need it all the time. I, it is, it is a, it is a yeah. way to try to get control where you can't actually get control. I do
0: feel like it's one of the like great, Indicators of a type A personality because I am always shocked when I meet someone and they don't know exactly what the weather is going to do for the next 72 hours. And it's like, how could you not know? How are you just going out into the world and you don't know what the sky is going to do? Come on.
1: I'm looking at radars. Oh yeah, I'm looking at. I'm, oh, like, yeah. I'm like, look. This RIP, is a dark sky. This is a system that's just going to pass, <laughs> and I can tell that it's going to pass. You've got, you've got weather takes. And then when I <laughs> when I knew that I was going to Morocco alone, and you know uh-huh. how I am with flying. Yeah. I was. I looked at the turbulence forecast which is there's a, there's a website turbulenceforecast.com. really which is i've it, been checking for it a long reliable time reliable or it is reliable but okay, then they're okay. offering personalized um <laughs> forecasts <laughs> it's for a service like marketing to one person and i was like i'm gonna try that for morocco because i was very like nervous about flying yeah, and there was yeah, all the hurricanes yeah. in the atlantic and so i wanted to know and this guy emailed me who was very very helpful mm-hmm. peter and um <laughs> me personal turbulence yeah, send consultant. me the turbulence thing and then he said huh. And I just want to ask: Is this John Favreau the actor? <laughs> wow! Also, also tough beat. <laughs> <laughs> like it happens all the time. Did you Did you, honest... you tell
0: him like no, but I am a John Favreau? I, I he, and he said he's like I've heard of you too. <laughs> um, but
1: uh, he he and he he was very honest. He was like, look. Because of the weather system, it's going to be pretty, he's like, yeah, from, from yeah. Newfoundland to uh, just south of Iceland, it's going to be really bad. Okay. And okay. he's like, but he goes, if they climb to 41,000 feet, you might be, so he's like giving me details. Oh. And sure enough, I was fine. Even though the t- flight was quite bad. Interesting. Uh, because I sort of knew it was happening.
0: So, this actually sounds like it'd be a really helpful service for people who maybe have some anxiety around flying, as more and more people do because of the big break
1: we all took during the pandemic. Right. And again, it's a control thing, though. It's like if right. I know yeah. the information, uh, yeah. I can be, yeah. feel better. It's, yeah. It's, it's being in, like, small planes with no Wi-Fi and no one I know that's just like, here I am by myself, right. not hearing anything from anyone.
0: That doesn't seem like such a bad <laughs> habit, although it's making me wonder, like, man, could you imagine if, like, Meta started a weather app? It would just be pushing you the, like,
1: scariest weather everywhere in the world that... every seven minutes. Yes. Well, you, I mean, you know, you Google turbulence and it's like, cli- there's a th- there's 50 oh, yeah. million articles about how climate <laughs> change is making turbulence worse. And it's only going to get worse as climate change gets really? worse. Which is, is that Could true? be true, but, uh, like... It's, it's catnip. Catnip for the catnip. John brain. cat yeah. So, you, is yours is yours wire cutter?
0: Uh, I don't spend so much time on it anymore. Um, but similarly, mine is Zillow. I just <laughs> I love to browse this is, houses. This I love is it. my wife. I love this to look at them. I love to even cities. I have no intention of moving to cities. I've never been to. You know, what's fun. Find the housing market someplace that's like really really cheap texas right around the border with mexico in the eastern part of texas great incredible houses
1: steals, oh, yeah. absolute steals and they're yeah. fun to look at Yeah, there there, there was a period where Emily was showing me places in Cincinnati. She's like, we can, when her parents are still living in Cincinnati. She's like, we can move to Cincinnati and get quite a house. And I'm like, (laughs) I used to love looking.
0: This is a like years long habit with me. I used to love looking in the like Rocky Mountain region because it's beautiful and I really love it. But every, speaking of the evils of the tech industry, every fucking tech guy moved to like, bozeman or jackson or bought eight houses there and now you you can't get anything it's impossible it's not even fun to browse zillow in those parts of the country anymore.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's, I've heard stories too where the people who are working in those like resort towns, it's terrible. Like yeah. they can't even afford to live there no. because yeah. all the rich people have bought up all the houses and so they're living, they're like commuting yeah. two hours to work. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's two, three hours commute. It's the only people who they can hire in a lot of these places Sorry. are the kids of people who live there. So if you go to like a restaurant in these places, it's all these like stone 16 and 17. 17 year olds and inevitably and also understandably they all like stop showing up to work after two or three weeks so a lot of these places like all the restaurants are shutting down randomly it's it's a real it's, it's a real problem um,
1: i don't think that anyway i don't think zillow is too embarrassing I'm okay say that okay a, I, I appreciate that yet. yeah um, all right so tara s asks any suggestions for a relatively healthy and low blood pressure way for consuming political content during the 2024 election, hmm. beside the pod which we all love, thank you, Tara. Thank you, Michaela V. Adams. I spent so much time wondering. I think it's Michael Ava oh. Dams. <laughs> <laughs> how, how can you stay informed while also trying to be offline? Uh, thanks for the amazing show. Thank you, Ma- you Michaela. You're,
0: you're welcome, Michael Ava. Michael Dams. Ava,
1: you you have a, you want to want to take this one first?
0: Or? I have so I have three tips. Okay, um, and this is all assuming that like look. You're listening to the show. We're all news junkies. Nobody's throwing their smartphone in the river. No one's deleting Twitter, even though like you should. But we're just like, let's be honest. I'm like going to meet you where you are. Number one, and I have been doing this, recommend it really highly. Only connect to check up on the news once per day.
1: I have pick times to check the news down. Look at Look that. Look at that. Okay, yeah, okay. My, yeah, I love it. And it like, you
0: don't need to know the news the moment it breaks. You don't need to know. You were going to be fine. This is it, wild to consider this, but there was a time when you found out about the news once per day in the morning, it was printed out on the shittiest piece of paper anyone <laughs> has ever had. You'd, and get, the, you'd get ink smeared on your hands. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: garbage. And it was all old by the time you got there. And you know what? People were fine. Yeah. It was fine. Tip number two, if possible, and I this is hard, but I really recommend it. Get the news first from a non-social app outlet, like a podcast or yeah. going to NYTimes.com, whatever, and then go to social media second. We all know you're still going to open Twitter, but just if you read the news article first, you will process it much more rashly than if you read the like shitty fucking takes. Uh, and number three, don't post. Do not post yourself, and you will really find. I'm mean, a big evangelist for this, soon, even though I, I know it's not super intuitive, that social media affects you so much less if you are not yourself posting on it. That's this I is feel. very
1: true. This is very true. And and I, I, could, I could. I could. help. Uh, you could learn you that could, one better. Uh, you know, I don't post a ton, but <laughs> I like post, since I got back, I've posted a little too much. Okay. The, like, the did offline. I need to, did I need to post today? Uh-huh. That. Uh, someone wrote a puck article about how <laughs> Jeff Rowe was a genius, and then four weeks later, Ron DeSantis is like maybe gonna fire him. Like, what do I care about Jeff yeah, Rowe? Did I need yeah. to post that? No, I did not. But I did. How did, how did it feel? It, it's it, just like posting. You right. post it, you feel like ah, got it. Yeah, you, post. You get your little, and then your little zap, Like ten you minutes know. later, you're just like, eh, that was yeah, stupid. I know. It feels. It's like <laughs> it's eating junk food. Like, stu- it is it's it feels good, but then you feel bad about it afterwards. I think those are great pieces of advice. I would also say when I'm using Twitter now, Mm -hmm. I've said this before on this pod, Twitter lists, like make yourself a list of Mm -hmm. uh, a couple different people that you want to follow, especially for news, right? Like I have a just news list of people who I just want to get the news from and they're not going to post a lot of takes. They're not going to post a lot of opinions. They're just going to give me the news and I go to that. And I'm not going to share with everyone that list. It's not public because I don't want you fucking criticizing the people that I pick to follow news. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Oh, we get so we got some controversial Tucker
0: up in there. (laughs) How many members of the all in pod are on this Twitter list? All the besties. (laughs) Okay. okay, All the besties.
1: Got to get those jam out. Got to get the besties. But anyway, so the Twitter list is good. And then but I agree, like, go to a go to a, a news site first go to go to like the new york times washington post politico cnn nbc the atlantic those are all places that even i
0: even if you literally just
1: read the headlines yep oh the other one is just be intentional about what you're looking for yeah right when don't just go scrolling for news mm-hmm. think to yourself like what do i want to get from the news and what am I looking for before you go check it? There's so many news
0: stories that I find out about Twitter that make me so upset. I'm so angry about it. And then I'm like, I never would have found out about this or cared if not for social media. And relative to the things on like actual top of like news homepage is not that important. For
1: example <laughs> Here we when go. I was in go. Morocco very unplugged from the news. Yeah. And again, my phone time was up there, but I had no idea what was going on in the country. And I was very happy. Mm-hmm. I said this to to Dan Pfeiffer on Pods of America, he he was trying to text me and Tommy the Wall Street Journal poll about, you know, Trump and yeah. Biden tie and stuff like that and yeah, and really neither of us were responding <laughs> and he just kept like sending cross tabs <laughs> and stuff and I was like, I'm like, I, I just looked at my phone I was like, I gotta put this away, Dan. Yeah, I gotta do yeah, this later. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing bad happened,
0: right? But, but we took I was, a
1: break and it's fine. We were sitting around and Tommy's like, you these, he's like this is so he starts laughing i'm like what are you laughing he's like have you heard what's happening with burning man i'm like what's what is happening with burning man and i missed the whole burning man thing the whole oh, burning man discourse yeah. I, the burning man one it uh,
0: at first i think it was kind of a fun one where it's just it's like the escape llamas all over again it's just like a fun thing we are all laughing about it's low stakes <laughs> but then it did very quickly become like a capital D discourse, and then people went from like dunking on the burners, which I like, look, we both know people go to burning man. I'm not yeah. just like whatever, but it just like it's funny, come on. But it went very quickly to like people like literally hoping for their deaths and people getting like really mad about it. And it's It's like a little bit like uh, the
1: submarine discourse,
0: right? Yeah, it was submarine. Just like, like, why are
1: all these why did all the discourse end up with like people wanting someone to die? I don't understand. Yeah, (laughs)
0: well, it's just it's all every discourse has to identify a good person and especially a bad person, and then you have to have the maximal take about how much you hate the bad person. And it's like just Laugh at them for getting stuck in the mud, you know.
1: Like, chill. It was funny because in one of the wedding toasts, someone made a Burning Man joke in the toast. Okay, And I was just like, but it was funny because because I wasn't so connected to the discourse. It was the first time I was like, oh, that's an that's an interesting joke. Like, is that you know, it landed with enough people because everyone's (laughs) very online. But it was I was like, oh, okay, that's what happens when you do a discourse joke in real life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big Tom fifty two. How do we depolarize our country and depopularize right wing conspiracy politics? Well, Big Tom fifty two. <laughs> if we can if we can answer that question here, we should not be doing offline. We should be doing something we should like <laughs> Should we start a
0: stopwatch and see how quickly we can answer solving for all of politics? Um, just just with thirty one minutes into the pod let's let's go for let's the absolute hardest possible question anyway facing the for world a today. bonus
1: episode where we answer big tom fifty two's question <laughs> check out uh no I, look i don't know i think it is i the shortest thing I'll say about this mm-hmm. is that it comes down to I think a a lack of trust that we have in society right now. Sure. We can talk about why it happened, but like the lack of faith in institutions yeah. has now turned into like a lack of faith in each other. Mm-hmm. And I think like rebuilding community offline, rebuilding bonds with people offline, right. arguing yeah. and debating about politics offline yeah. is not going to solve anything, uh, everything. And I'm not going to pretend that before the internet politics was wonderful. But it's <laughs> it, something you can do. It's something you can do and one of the uh, people at the wedding one of the bridesmaids was like a very conservative person like not conservative yeah. like yeah. like like works in conservative really yeah wore, like professionally like, ha- like okay. hat has like a lot of ties and, okay. And okay and we had the longest discussion at one of the dinners that was like we disagreed quite a bit yeah but um it, like we didn't Go crazy. Okay. Okay. And That's we good. didn't like flip the table over or anything like that. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't had a debate or a discussion with someone in person who doesn't think at all like I do. Yeah in a long time. It's hard. <laughs> I usually just avoid them because yeah. it's just so easy to for it to go off the rails. It is, but it's just like, I think that, it, you know, doing it online is never going to work.
0: Yeah. So I will not, I think it's a great answer. I will not try to offer a like solution, but just as the one thing I can add, having spent a long time like writing and reporting on the rise of whatever you want to call it populist sentiment like popular authoritarianism like right-wing extremism to like whatever is the movement that is spreading worldwide that it's like at its most basic level there's a supply problem and a demand problem that's driving it and the demand is it's many things but if there is one thing at the core it is a reaction against perceived social change Mm. and social change that people dislike and the reasons that people dislike it are complicated, the circumstances in which they do or don't, but it always comes down to like, my community is changing in ways that feel out of control and I don't like that. And I want someone to like do whatever it will take to rein in the people I don't like and to Mm. control it. And the demand problem, or the supply problem, rather, is political parties increasingly cannot or will not cordon off extremism in the way that they used to, which is traditionally one of the most important roles that political parties have played. And for, again, complicated reasons, democracies worldwide, they just can't do it anymore. And those, those guardrails have really weakened and fallen away. So I don't think social media is driving either problem, but both of them is making it way worse, for sure
1: right because to your point about uh cultures changing and society changing faster than people think it should mm-hmm. you want someone something to be done about those people right when you are around those people yeah and living with those people and working with those people and they're your neighbors you don't feel that way you don't feel right. that way yeah. some people do i'm not again it's not like a panacea right, here right, but right, like you right. are In less general, likely yes. to feel that right. way right right Mary Kate McGlog asks, favorite media scandal other than Trump, obviously, of 2023. What do you think?
0: (laughs) So I don't know if this counts as a media scandal, but I just had a great fucking time when my boy Progozin had his big march to Moscow. That was just just a great ass time on the Internet. If you are a big foreign policy nerd and you just want to like geek out with the other foreign policy nerds, it's also like I'm so sorry to the Russian Federation.
1: Extremely funny how fucked up your country is. Uh, like he... again, I put together a Twitter list on that one. That was such a big thing on the weekend. I was like, okay, I, need, okay. I need my Ukraine war experts right here. To, who to... who was on the list? Again, I don't even. I, I, it's 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 on my phone somewhere. I don't even know. Oh, I, I
0: just put... la- I was the perfect cross section of a like. It en- was just you, engage... Ben and Tommy. That's all. Okay, okay perfect,
1: perfect. <laughs> just want to make sure
0: I <laughs> get, got my boys on there. <laughs> you join the discourse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or the Discord rather. Uh, it just like really engaged both the like parts of my brain that love to think critically about this, and was also like fun to joke about I mean he crossed the Rubicon and then uncrossed it and then that's wild and then oh. supposedly <laughs> we'll <laughs> see oh. he's gonna show up at a convention I bet there's a discourse around that
1: <laughs> okay that's good I just liked the Fox Dominion stuff
0: yeah that was fun the text it's fun when they deserve the it insight, and the yeah. Tucker
1: leaving like yeah. that the whole the whole saga was yeah. I mean it was enraging to like you know confirm mm-hmm. what we had all believed what was happening behind the scenes at Fox but it was also just f- fun It's been a big year for Just Desserts. And it's
0: really nice (laughs) to see that. It's really nice to see. And when it's people who deserve it, too. This is not like someone getting canceled because they did a bad post. This is like really bad people who are bad for the world getting confronted with that and getting a comeuppance.
1: It's great. And... I will say there was a lot of debate around like will Tucker be as powerful off Fox as he was when he was on Fox? I'm like, I think, oh my god, I think we we know now we that he has he's lost a lot of juice.
0: Yeah, although a lot of that I think is also because he left Fox and then decided to partner with the biggest jackass on the shittiest platform in human history. Yeah,
1: and, and like like if they're content with saying like, oh, I just did an interview that got like three hundred million billion views, know, like the great, great, Good for f- you. Yeah. You count you want, metric. Yeah, yeah, your view count off but you if that tell yourself whatever makes you feel better all right uh twisting and shouting asks <laughs> i love one of these, love, love these <laughs> handles if threads doesn't take off and twitter continues to spiral is this overall format doomed uh, the more i think about it and the more i look at the numbers i think yes i i think that do you think that tw- uh, we've been on twitter death watch for yeah. a long time now and uh, I I can't tell if it's actually going to go or we're just it's just going to be in this sort of liminal state where we're where it's just sort of, yeah. shitty to use and not fun but we're still on it because we need a place to look at the news.
0: I think it will continue to creep along until or unless there is a big shock in Elon Musk's other holdings that like something bad happens with Tesla in China or like the Tesla stock price drops and he can no longer afford the um, interest on the loan for buying twitter and then yeah. i think it'll go bankrupt but i think even before he bought it the the usership and the user base on this app was declining relative to other apps it was already declining and i think that it's so much of that energy and audience was going to TikTok and youtube even if the elon thing hadn't happened i think that inevitably even though i think microblogging has a lot of value i think that audience was going to go to the video services which is i think bad for what the world th- what do you think is going on with threads what with thr- who <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. just said, Come on. There's no, it's, it's not
1: working. This is, this is a. I still think that their biggest mistake was not um, coming out of the gate with a desktop version. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I would have used it a lot more if I mm-hmm. could be sitting at my laptop. Right which is where I am most of the day because right. I'm at work. Uh, I, <laughs> think, I, think, I, think so. I think it's a good point.
0: And I think a lot of that was meta hubris because they make the Instagram desktop service deliberately difficult to use because they want to push you to the mobile app. And of course, this was all a like Instagram subservice. So I think they thought they could get away with the same thing and yeah. it didn't work.
1: Jenna asks, if you had your druthers on a bill that would address what we all see as some of the systemic issues in these social media conglomerates, what would be your must-haves for inclusion? This is a perfect max <laughs> Okay, so I have uh, three. Mm. Um, the first,
0: and I think the biggest one, because this is the one that when I was talking to people for the book about, like, if you could change anything about social media, what would it be? What would be the thing at the top of your wish list? They would all say, turn off some or any of the engagement maximizing features. Like, turn off the counter that shows you the visible number of likes beneath uh-huh. the post. Turn off reshares. Um And of course, like turn off the algorithm if you can. And even if you can't get the algorithm turned off completely, because I think it would be really hard to do with any legislation, like turn it off for some topics, which is a thing that some lawmakers have called for before. And I think it's like something that we could get is like any video that has a kid in it, don't. The algorithm doesn't promote that. Any post that references kids or references something sensitive, like just have the algorithm not promote that. I think that is something that would be hard to execute, but we know technologically it's capable. Mm. The companies are capable of it because they've done it occasionally. So just be a matter of just like forcing them to institutionalize that. Um, Number two, I think legal liability for medical misinformation Um, It's just like it's such a clear case where it's like you can really demonstrate the harm very clearly. It's very easy to draw the line for what sort of content is allowed and not allowed. It's harder to do that for violent extremism. Mm -hmm. And there's like there are some cases now around trying to get legal liability for violent extremism that was promoted by the algorithms. And it's just hard to prove like what counts as extremist content. Although, again, the platforms have done this for jihadism and pro-ISIS content. They like really went scorched earth on a few years ago and oh, it was very yeah. effective. And they just choose not to do that with other forms of extremism because, of course, the big one is right-wing white nationalism and that is very closely associated with one of our two big political parties. So they like don't want to piss them off. I know, isn't that just Which fun? is another issue. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we, we don't have time to get into it right now. <laughs> and then number three, I would say just limit the ability of kids to access that the That was
1: that was my big one yeah and i don't know how that's i don't know how you legislate that in a way that is doable right because mm-hmm. i mean you know there's ways to get around like are you eight, put in your birth date right like right. i'm i don't right. i don't know them the mechanism is doable for that but some of the
0: platforms are much better at it than others so you could force the platforms to kind of yeah or you just you just create a fine based system and then these companies can afford pretty steep fines so you calibrate the fine so that you assume there's going to be some amount of leakage and then you just call it a tax but you say if they're so egregious about it like the way youtube is that you're going to get hit with really big fines pippy
1: ph hooray 12 pip Pip, pipinf, pip, pip, pipinf, oh, pip, 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 hooray, oh, pip, pip, hooray, maybe pipinf, that's what Pippin. who, who, are a, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <Well>, spaces <laughs> in your names, folks, it helps us out. We don't know how to read here. <laughs> what do you think will be the next big tech in 10 years? I feel like this is a, the answer here is AI, but am I missing something?
0: <laughs> I mean, I, it seems like that is the uh, – it will probably be something AI-associated because that's where so much of the investment is going. Yeah. So, like, whatever AI actually delivers us in terms of capabilities, I think we just – we don't know. Before the big social media boom in the early 2010s, you never would have guessed, and no one had any idea it was going to be social media. I think whatever it is, it's important to remember that it's not going to be decided by – where does the technology go? And it's not going to be decided by what are consumers most interested. It's going to be decided as these always have been in these Silicon Valley cycles by what is the Silicon Valley financing model mm. select for? And that is going to be the things that attract the highest market valuation as quickly as possible so that the investors can dump a small amount of money in it and then make a big profit very quickly by sending the company public. And with social media apps, that meant companies that could get a lot of users on free-to-use websites. That's been the model for a while. Maybe it will continue to be. Maybe it will be something else.
2: Hi, I'm Erin Ryan, a writer and host of the podcast Hysteria. Don't even get us started on our exclusive YouTube series, This Fucking Guy, where we try to figure out how the worst people in America got to be so awful. So if you're looking for a pod that's by the ladies and for everyone, make sure to subscribe to Hysteria wherever you get your podcasts. horrors that we face every single day. happy women's history month to all check out what's in stock at slash store for this month only
0: so john this is from riley for favs if you hadn't done political speech writing
1: as a career
0: what would you have done
1: great question i think the only other uh, two sort of More um, mundane answers and one maybe more interesting one. Okay. Uh, I was either going to go to law school (laughs) and be a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Or I I had thought about journalism. Really? Um, What would you have covered? I don't know. But I loved, I was like, it's like the opinions editor for my college newspaper. I was editor in the high school newspaper. So I really liked, but I was sort of like veering towards politics there, Mm. which made sense. Mm -hmm. But the other, the completely different direction would have been uh, music. Cause I, uh, yeah. yeah, I played yeah. piano and then I like did some music theory in college and I don't know when I was, I, you know, practiced for this wedding and we, we played there and it was like so much fun to do. Hmm. And I was like, if I could have figured out like mm-hmm. how to sing mm-hmm. or really get in this, like, like being like doing like performance with yeah. music would have been yeah. really fun.
0: Do you ever picture what your life might've been like?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know.
0: Like, what do you what What do you think is the thing that you might have ended up doing if you'd gone down that path and like it had
1: worked out? Yeah, I think it would have been like just performing in hotels just, at the, <laughs> just on the piano <laughs> no I think it would have been more like like pop music rock kind of stuff like I okay. would have been like maybe okay. it would have been a band maybe I would have that would have been cool yeah that you think you
0: could have been like the, the touring piano player for perhaps, our girl Taylor Swift perhaps
1: perhaps that might have been it okay, but there's like a fun. glimpse into another life you know it was a glimpse into another life there and I love music so much that if it's you like,
0: like when you fantasize about it what's the song you picture yourself playing
1: <laughs> I don't know you really? Not, you don't think I have about not that? gone that far? You don't, you don't kind have of sit pre- around and like imagine? I have imagine a it? pretty eclectic taste in music. I can, okay. I can, I, can okay. I have quite a range. Okay. Uh, What's your favorite what thing like, to play now? Like, what, I mean, I've just been, well, pl- because we were, uh, we played uh, for this wedding, we played the first dance for the couple when they wanted to uh, mm-hmm. us to play your song from Elton John. Mm-hmm. And Elton John and Billy Joel, when I was a kid, were both sort of like my entree into pop mm, music sure and yeah. so yeah. i have like both of their like full collection of songbooks and oh, cool. have like know a lot of uh, their stuff and i love it because it's very piano heavy and yeah. piano first so it's, right it's really
0: cool We should come on the show sometime play some billy joel yeah I think it would be perfect
1: fun. can i give you my answer yeah
0: i would have wanted i don't know if i would have been, would have wanted to work in movies and if i could pick any job in movies it would be designing opening title sequences
1: really because you that get is so specific and you love get it.
0: so much control over it it's it, because it's like it's this one narrow specific thing and there is like there's really never been any art form like this where you're supposed to express story and emotion and all of this stuff but you don't have any of the traditional tools of like character or narrative, you're, co- you're conveying it all through music, design, and typeface. Mm-hmm. Like, not even text, because the text and the words is like produced by whatever, but you're trying to like design that in a way that will convey, some, like give you a feeling of what the story is gonna be. I think it's really cool. And you're trying to grab people. Right, you're you trying know, to pull the them begin- in. Yeah, yeah, the beginning. Yeah.
1: Beginnings are very important.
0: If you, like next time you watch a movie that has like a good opening title now sequence, gonna, like just kind of like sit of and appreciate it. And it's like, that's a really cool, very specific kind of craft that goes into it. I just think what they do is so awesome.
1: Uh here's a great question from uh, Xtina Small. Okay. I'm guessing that's Christina Small. Okay. <laughs> Any advice for a 24-year-old not knowing where their life career is going? Wow. Um
0: I mean, right now, um, (laughs) any advice? I didn't know we were going to hit this one.
1: Oh, you know what? Emma wanted us to include this because she said, you got to think about the Gen Zers out there. You got to think about the Gen Zers. Thank you, Emma.
0: don't know where your life or career
1: is going.
0: Do you have an answer for this?
1: My answer, which may sound trite and cliche, but I think sometimes there's wisdom and, you know, things advice that's trite and cliche. I for a long time thought that I was supposed to go to law school because that was like the path. Mm-hmm. And like, I was supposed to figure out how to be successful. Mm-hmm. And being successful was like, oh, well law school's a good path because you can then be a lawyer and then you'll make enough money there and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I really, I like fell into political speech writing. Mm-hmm. And the way I fell into it is I was an intern in uh, John Kerry's Senate office, because we mm-hmm. had like a internship in DC program at Holy Cross. And I interned for David Wade, who was his communications director and speechwriter, and I did all kinds of shit work in that internship, right? Like I was like, you know, going through his Rolodex and and entering it into his BlackBerry, all of his contacts, you know, it was like a like a five day project, you know. And then one day he was like, "Do you want to?" He was asking me to read constituent mail and like and like edit the constituent letters, and he was like you know, John Kerry's going to do an op-ed for Martin Luther King Day in the Boston Herald. Do you want to, like, tonight go home and, like, take a first cut at a draft? Wow. And it was, and I thought, I thought about what it, an like, I look back on it today because it's the kind of thing where it was, like, at the time, internships were unpaid. And yeah. also that days. was a lot of extra work mm-hmm. to go home after a full day of an internship and to, like, I stayed up to like, three in the morning writing that. Yeah. But I was so passionate about it mm-hmm. and I thought it was so fun and then, looking back, I realize like if you the things that you find that are so fun to do that mm. drive you, that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. like they're a lot of the times they're not going to be like they're not going to pay you a bunch of money at first, yeah, but if you can figure out ways to get that in your life, mm-hmm. even like a little bit, then it might set you on a path where that can then become your career, yeah, and I do think that a lot of it requires just like putting in the time and doing the grunt work Mm -hmm. and being willing to be like, be the person who's like, yeah, I'll stay late. I'll do this. And, uh, you know, I think, look, there's a line where that becomes like abusive to employees to do that and interns. But I think it's gone a little bit in the other direction now where it's like, you, you've really just gotta, you gotta put your time in and you've got to be willing to do some shit work to get where you want to go. And that's, it's tough. It's like, it's, tough and some of it's unfair but like it's it's reality and it can really pay off
0: it's funny i actually had a very similar experience of identifying the job that i wanted to do not being able to get someone to pay me to do it and i had this like very shitty aggregation job at the Atlantic was one of my first jobs hmm. in media that I like hated. It was grunt work. It paid terribly, and I really wanted to write about international issues for the website. And they were like, nobody will read about international issues on the internet. Like, obviously, we're not going to hire you for that. <laughs> That's so funny. It was. It was like very like 2009, 2010. It was like people want to read about politics, tech, and food on the internet. That's it. Wow. And so I would do like the day job all day and like put in a full day, and then go home. I would write about international issues for them for. Free. And I was like, just let me write it. And if you like, you like it, you can publish it. And again, i like, I feel weird giving that advice because I don't want it to be like a world where people have to work two jobs. And it's like, obviously, only limited. Some people can do that, but that
1: honestly almost stopped me from giving the advice because like I know how people can take it. And there's also like sure. a certain privilege that some people can have where I, you're like, well, you know, I mean, I, I when I was on the Kerry campaign, I was getting like twenty four thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. living in a seven hundred dollar a month. Basement apartment in yeah. Capitol Hill that had like rats in it. <laughs> but it's like, you had roommates. And, at least. <laughs> and like my parents aren't like super wealthy, but they were like able to at least subsidize me enough so that sure. I wasn't like starving. Right, right. <laughs> but like you know, not everyone has that. So like I completely recognize that. But if you are in a position mm-hmm. where you can figure out how to spend the extra time during the day doing what you love, yeah. it may it is the best chance you have. get to that so let me tell you advice that i got
0: i think literally when i was also 24 that has really stuck with me and i've tried to live by ever since which is to do the job you want to do and not the job you want to tell people you do. Oh, and that's such, such good advice. It's great advice and it really like threw me for a loop because I realized and have been constantly realizing since how often I will go to like privilege a job or privilege a career and like I talk to people all the time who do this without realizing it because I think it will, like, sound prestigious and it will be fun to, like, brag to people about it. And when you really think about, like, what's the job that's going to make me happy while I am doing it? Those eight hours a day are going to feel fulfilling. It's like it's often a really different job or a really different career. And it can be hard. And, like, my sister was, like... She and I talked a lot about this because she worked in like policy in D.C. for a long time and she would call me up all the time and she would be like, I'm realizing that I, this is the job I want to tell people I do and the job I actually want to do is be a nurse, which she just went to nursing school for.
1: David Axelrod has put that advice in uh, a, a slightly different way that I mm-hmm. always think about, which is um, think about what you want to do. Don't think about what you want to be.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Because the B takes you to a place
1: where it's like perception and what you're telling people and stuff like that. What you do is is what drives you. What is the identity that I want to have versus, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, a few more quick questions. Uh, This isn't so much a question, but with the... (laughs) (laughs) the (laughs) timothy
0: (laughs) kylie thing (laughs) i don't know i don't know who who those people are i don't know what happened between timothy and kylie and you know what i wish them both the best
1: (laughs) i wish them both taylor swift i guess everything with taylor swift can you do an episode on parasocial relationships and how the internet is making everyone think they actually know celebrities yes we have been talking about this for several weeks Mm -hmm. now if Mm -hmm. not months yeah uh if everyone if anyone out there has good ideas for guests to talk to about parasocial relationships. We haven't landed on anyone yet, but if you guys have a a good idea of people we should talk to, um, we've been wanting to do that episode.
0: Yeah. I would love to... uh, It's something that shapes so much of how our media works now. I would love to have a deeper understanding of what role it's playing.
1: Which episode of Offline has been the most insightful, impactful, and why? That's from AWH96. Honestly, the one
0: where I came on almost exactly a year ago to the day had a big effect on my life because i ended up coming to crooked media moving to los angeles partly because of that so that
1: was a big one for me i have two down here i said the first one is max's episode obviously wow (laughs) thanks buddy and then um the second one is for personally impactful sure when i had uh dr uh, bob waldinger on about Mm -hmm. his book the Mm -hmm. good life lessons from the longest study on happiness this is the 84 year study for harvard study yeah yeah, yeah. i please read the book all the, you listen to the episode if, if you want, but also like actually read the book. It's about how close relationships are. This turns out that is the most impactful on what your happiness long term, what kind of close relationships you have. And I think personally for me, it has like shaped my worldview, not just in how I like on the things we talk about on offline and social media and connecting and all that kind of offline, you know, the offline challenge and all that, but just like how I think about life now. And I've recommended it to a bunch of people and everyone who's read is like oh my god this is great so everyone read that book um, and then finally Jenna asked do either of you have an offline dream guest
0: I have an answer for this Ooh. so I'm, I'm drawing on my past as a foreign reporter here there's a certain international political figure who has not confirmed that they are very online but I really think everything we know about them suggests that they are super plugged onto the internet and that it shapes a lot of their politics and a lot of the decisions And I think would make for a fascinating guest Putin? <laughs> Even better.
1: He seems Even pretty better. online. Kim Jong Un. <laughs> okay, that is better. I you think, you think Kim Jong Un is super I online? I think he
0: is so plugged in. He's our age. He's super millennial. Uh, he grew up partly in Switzerland under this as like a name, and like everything we've heard about his childhood, he's like he loved international stuff. He was like really into sports. Like I think he's not only online. I think he's a podcast guy. <laughs> And I just think talking to him about like, what is, how is, I mean, I'm not. Do you I think, think not he's gonna gonna more like of like,
1: like, a, like a Joe Rogan all-in fan? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's
0: probably, he's probably, he probably listens to some Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he just got it on in the background while he's testing nuclear warheads, you know, just as a like kind of distraction to really? keep him company while he's launching the mass North Korean games every year.
1: That is such a good answer. I don't even, uh, I was going to say Bo Burnham. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm like trying Bo to get Burnham, Bo Burnham yeah. on because I thought, and I like listened to that album again. The, ins- and the, the, sh- the show was fantastic on Netflix inside that he did during the. Um, it, was, yeah. it was basically what, when I was thinking about offline, what like crystallized mm-hmm. that I want to launch a podcast about yeah. being too online is, is watching that special.
0: Bo Burnham, Kim Jong Un, yeah, come on offline. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, re- reach out. Have your people reach out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, everyone, that's our that's our mailbag episode. Uh, we will be back next week. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. All right, cheers. Offline is a Crooked Media production. It's written and hosted by me, John Favreau. It's produced by Austin Fisher. Emma Illick-Frank is our associate producer. Andrew Chadwick is our sound editor. Kyle Seglin, Charlotte Landis, and Vasilis Fotopoulos sound engineered the show. Jordan Katz and Kenny Siegel take care of our music. Thanks to Michael Martinez, Ari Schwartz, Amelia Montooth, and Sandy Gerard for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Rachel Gajewski, who film and share our episodes as videos every week. Midwesterners, get your malort out. Love It or Leave It is coming to Chicago on September 21st and Madison on September 22nd with wonderful guests like Brandon Johnson, Shea Coulee, Peter Sagal, Alice Waterland, Jillian Flynn, Ben Wickler, and more. Tickets are going fast. Head to Cricket.com slash events to get yours today. Non-Midwesterners pour your malort in the toilet. It's disgusting. It really is. It's fucking gross. I can't believe Love It drinks it. But make sure to head to that page anyway to check out Pod Save America's live shows this fall and winter. We're heading to cities like Louisville, San Diego, San Jose, Washington, D.C., New Orleans, and more. Get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events.